you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. James Coe here, your host. We got we got the whole crew back again. Adam Rank back in the building. What's going on, pal? A two-week hiatus, but you're back now. I know, yeah. I guess it was a little mini vacation. Except the only days I was taking off were Wednesdays, as luck would have it. Uh-huh. One day, I see how we it went is. to the Magic Kingdom. Am I allowed to say Disneyland? I don't want to give them like a full... Why can I say Disneyland? I think you can't Disneyland. I don't know. Like, I, I have to cover it up because I have an Apple computer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to cover up because somebody is going to go to James's uh, Facebook Live page. Yes. By the way, we are on Facebook Live. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. You have to put it on your page, your journalist page. Though. I do. I will. I will at some point. We'll get to the bottom of that. Yes. We're fig- figuring out those technical difficulties. And, and, we'll, I'll be, we'll, and I'll be on Friday on my Facebook there Live you go. page. Which we've been doing at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern uh, on Fridays for the last couple of weeks. We'll keep that going to the the regular season starts. Then we'll and you basically just answer questions, rearrange. right? No, I've I actually uh, I have uh, notes. You have notes. I have an agenda. You do. I have wow. talking points. Wow. Okay. I think uh, not to pull back the curtain too much. Yes. Or uh, for people who uh, you know might not be hip to the the industry lingo. Yes. I think they call it a rundown. Oh. <laughs> They do. It's a thing. You that, actually have an actual rundown. It's a thing that producers hand me, which I ignore. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm going to talk about something, whatever comes to mind. Ah, right. Okay. So you actually have a rundown. So That's what I miss about doing a live TV show. We have the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar. What's cracking, man? Uh, it's we weird. got you on the right side of the glass. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. an interesting uh, change of uh, scenery and air quality and uh, temperature over here, but I like it. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I could is, get used to this. This is sort of like when you have to sit in the passenger seat of your own car. It just feels weird. Just right? tilt like you. Everything looks different. <laughs> You're very worried. We got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up, man? Sun, sun's out. Weather's nice. Yeah. Are the um, guns out? California. The sun's always out. I know, but like, it's, why do we always talk about the weather at the start of the show? Because it's super nice. Dude, Dude, it's super it's nice. never sunny at my house. It's because you, you, you live literally next to the beach. <laughs> it's like, but it's overcast. Literally next to the beach. 11 months out of the year. All right. So here we go. We got a big time uh, show in front of us. Humble brag, I guess. All right. We're going to break down the NFC North. Uh, by the way, special thanks to Dylan Milner, who's stepping in. And filling in as our producer du jour. And we appreciate that. And it, and it allows Alex Gelhar to be part of the program Bro, on Facebook Live. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, right? For no. the last, At least several, the last several weeks. Last yeah. few weeks, yeah. yes. That is true. So we appreciate that. Uh, we will get your Facebook Live questions answered. Uh, I want you to go to NFL.com slash Where can we see the questions? I think you go to You my open page. up the Facebook Live stream, bro. You should be a pro at this now. I am. Since, well, since you spent the first three minutes of the podcast pimping your own Facebook well, Live. No. <laughs> I'm just letting people know. But it's also because usually it's on my phone. Right. 
So can I hold this up? Are we? Do we have a sponsorship with Samsung? <laughs> oh wow! No, I just, all right. I want to. We're going to break down the NFC North. Oh, but I, so I do want people to go to NFL.com/slash/draftkit because there Please. are uh, there's great information there. I mean, great information. They, they, there's profiles that these uh, two fine gentlemen, Alex Gelhar and uh, Marcus Grant, wrote for what? Some 300 some odd players. Thereabouts. Like yep. Uh, unbelievable. Um, and we've got uh, your fantasy draft bargains for 2017, uh, potential busts. Uh, what else we got on there? Um, breakout candidates. Everything. Other content. Top 200 from Fabiano. We'll yeah. put, I think we have your quarterback scoring thing in there. Basically, Ooh. it's going to be all the best content we're Ooh, pumping out nice. to help you with your fantasy draft. Okay. Get it at NFL.com slash draft kit. You can get a link to our rankings pages. You can also mock draft there, which you should do. Live drafts are now open, too, I believe. So if you wanted Everybody. to be a psychopath and do your actual I like fantasy it. draft in June, you I could. like it. You like that? I do like that. I like that a lot. All right, so, again, NFL.com slash draft. We're going to break down the NFC North today. We're going to be talking about the Packers. We're going to be talking about the Bears, the Lions, as well as the Minnesota Vikings. So many storylines in the NFC North. But we start your show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we talked about it last week, and it finally happened. Eric Decker has now officially signed with the Tennessee Titans. His wife, Jesse James, not to be confused with. Uh, the road dog, Jesse James, not to be confused with the Pittsburgh Steelers tight end. Jesse oh, you didn't know? Uh, country singer, Jesse James. Uh, obviously, they have a home in Nashville because of her work, but uh, they, uh, the Deckers now have signed uh, with the Tennessee Titans. It's a one-year deal that pays Eric Decker $3.85 million plus incentives. That according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, a general stat projection for Eric Decker going into 2017. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, I could see Eric Decker with probably about, let's say give him around 80, 80 catches, maybe, you know, 750 to 800 yards and six to eight touchdowns. That sound legit? Sounds good. 80 catches might be a little high. Just because right. They've got a lot of options there in that passing attack now. This is the this is kind of bad news for the sleeper trains of Corey Davis and Richard Matthews. because. 100%. The, and this is what I said on the podcast weeks ago. The passing attack was pretty concentrated there between those two and Delaney Walker. Now you throw in Eric Decker. It's great news for Marcus Mariota. He's got a wealth of targets, and he's got a great options in the red zone with those guys. He's got deep threats. He's got everything. But figuring out, at least without some game tape and some you know numbers to analyze, what the weekly distribution is going to be like, it feels going to be a nightmare right now. It's going to be worth throwing a dart at all those guys, but you just don't want to reach too early because it's going like to be Corey split Davis, up pretty early. I feel like Corey Davis even. is now off the table. Off the table? I mean, really? is, is he going to wow. see enough? I just don't think he's going to see enough targets given Delaney Walker, given Eric Decker, given Richard Matthews. It's the fifth overall pick. But, Decker, but he's a rookie. Decker has had some injury concerns. True. Like uh, Delaney Walker has as well. So I think that it's still – how old is Delaney now? 31, 32 years old? Like 32. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's so, been around there for a while, but I think that what this does is really push Marcus Mariota, as Alex alluded to, higher up because everybody – That's a good point. All the, um, all the uh, hype train enthusiasts mm-hmm. were, uh, were pumping this guy pretty hard. I think him and uh, Jameis Winston were the two most talked about guys. I think this moves Mariota ahead now as far as ADP. I think he'll probably go off the board now because he has all these weapons. Which to me, just just his health concern is the only thing. I was actually thinking about that this morning too. Is that because he hasn't, he couldn't cut, he couldn't run and stuff yet on his leg, but if by training camp he appears back to full go, I'd definitely jump him over those guys. I think. But if you saw him at the Predators games, he looked good. <laughs> he looked good, not drinking beer next to his lineman. That was a little, that was a little disappointing. Taylor what? Lewan's out there busting his finger open. Sure. Throwing down some tall boys, and he's just that shocks no one. He's just kind of like, eh. He looks like the designated driver, which is great. <laughs> you need that person. Save that money on Lyft or anything. <laughs> For those of Can you I mention tra- Lyft? Sure. Why not? Would For those of you such a big deal about joining this? us on Facebook Live, hello and welcome. Uh, again, Alex Gelhar, James Co., Adam Wright, and Marcus Grant. For those of you who are uh, first joining in uh, for the very first time, we'll answer your Facebook Live questions as well. We got Pete Simmons I would asking be, us. I'm going to be terrible because I'm going to start getting distracted every time. Oh, man, I retweeted it, so I could probably find it this way. Okay. <laughs> Add it, baby. Besides Green Bay wide receivers, who in the north out of the Lions, Bears, and Vikings are at most value? That is a, qu- a question from Pete Simmons. Oh, wait, we're, doing, we're, we're doing this part now? 
Well, we'll do a little bit throughout the show. I think you want to, what you want to do is always acknowledge those young men and women who are coming through. Absolutely. To let them know that we see them. So outside of those Green Bay wideouts, who in that AFC North do you like as as a good NFC NFC North, rather, uh, in terms of a a fantasy value at the wide receiver position? Uh, I think the well, the whole passing game of the Vikings is a little underrated right now, especially in in non-sharp drafts with all of us. Stephon Diggs is going to go highly with with a good bunch of guys like us. But I think in more casual leagues, he's going to be hanging around a lot later. He's the guy I'd rather have. Adam Thielen's going to be hanging around late. I like Still Thielen. probably produce, especially because like you'll get him at a double-digit round price. And uh, Kyle Rudolph is a great guy to target if you miss out on those top-tier tight ends. You don't want to end up sinking a second or third round pick right. in Gronk or Travis Kelsey. You can wait for Kyle Rudolph. I think as I was looking at this for that piece, I think he had the most, the highest percentage of air yards from uh, his quarterback among all tight ends in the league. So he's getting targeted downfield. He's a monster in the red zone. He's going to be a great guy to, to get that. will ha- always have that weekly touchdown upside for you with tight end being so volatile. Like, at the worst case, you're hoping he gets in there for a, a one-yard touchdown, like still six points. But he's, he's a great guy there. That whole passing attack, I think, is a little undervalued. Again, uh, we welcome in those folks joining us on Facebook Live. But my, my buddy Bob DeCastro from Fox 11 LA has joined in. Bob Harris has joined in. And Walker Shenher joining in as well. Um, well, it's a great segue into you know the topic du jour, which is of course the NFC North. We'll start with the Packers. They led the division at ten and six. Aaron Rodgers last year, forty four hundred yards, forty touchdowns, seven interceptions, three hundred sixty nine yards on the ground, four additional touchdowns there as well. So forty four total touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. He was the QB one again. Is that good? That's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we'll start with you, Alex Gilhart. Projections for him, and, and what do you see? What's a good – I guess what's a good round to take Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's – projection, he should be the QB1. I mean, like, he has a, a – realistically, he has a floor of, like, QB2 or 3. You know, we talked about this recently, too. There are only two years where he's played all played uh, as a starter. Has he yeah. not finished as the QB1 or QB2? One was the skies falling 2015, and the other was when he broke his collarbone and missed, like, seven or eight games. Uh, a realistic round in in a, in a more casual draft, I think he's is go. two too early. If you want to go for it, I mean, I think you're you're losing out on the value of a lot of better positions, right? Uh, there, so I would, I mean, like as we've been doing drafts, we've been talking about it. Lots of times, you get into round three occasionally in this draft, and there's already a lot of guys you're feeling questionable about, like, sure. do I trust DeAndre Hopkins coming back? Like, is Carlos Hyde going to lose his job? What the hell is going to happen to Todd Gurley in the, with the Rams this year? So if you'd rather take the sure thing with Aaron Rodgers, I think that's the point. But I would not, certainly would not pass him up even in a much more casual league ahead of the guys that I feel are much more sure things or safe bets. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a take that sounds a little hot takeish. Okay. But here's the thing: I really believe Aaron Rodgers has the opportunity to go for 5,000 yards and 50 total touchdowns this year. And and I know. On its surface, you that say that doesn't, doesn't sound, sound like to me at all. No. And I know because <laughs> I'm I'm in the right room. No, no, I know I'm in the I'm in the right room. But I tell you what, you throw that out online on Twitter or whatever it might be, people, you know, they balk at that a little bit. Aaron Rodgers, five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. I think it's in the books, especially since they added a guy in Martellus Bennett. If everybody stays healthy, my God, this offense looks locked and loaded. I mean, if you go back to his 2011 MVP year, he had. 4,600 plus yards and 45 touchdowns, and he didn't play the last game. And that was the game where Matt Staff or uh, Matt Flynn Matt Flynn torched the Lions right. for six touchdowns and like <laughs> a, several hundred yards. But he's never gotten to 5,000 yards. He's never passing. gotten to 5,000. No. And he's never gotten to 50 touchdowns. So no, 45, 39, 38, 40 have all been in there. <sighs> pretty good. It's pretty good. But so the defense I, probably isn't going to be as good. Right, and that will lend itself to more offense as well. So there you go. Jordy Nelson last year, 12.57 through the air, 14 total touchdowns. He led the league in touchdown receptions there. He was your wide receiver, too, despite me throwing dirt on the <laughs> on Jordy Nelson after, what, three weeks or whatever it was. He came back with a strong vengeance here. But uh, projections for Jordy Nelson, Adam Rank. I think with those guys, when you bring in Martellus Bennett and all those people, it actually helps them out. I know a lot of people get scared about it. Mm-hmm. And they're worried about the target share going around. But Jordy Nelson is so great at stretching the field. They really want to attack people down the field. And we saw that a bunch. I know because I had him on the team the year before he had his catastrophic knee injury. And it seemed like every game they would open with a bomb to him. And he would catch it and he'd be like, oh, I'm going to get 27 points from Jordy today. And that would be all you would hear from him ever again. They'd <laughs> a be like, oh, you're good. Yards, yeah. you can be-. Like, I, I, I literally think he just left. 
You're like, I got my touchdown. I'll see you guys later. Like some dude who just goes into the gym and just does 30 minutes of cardio. Like, all right, I'm good. And then he bounces out. So uh, I see that similar, especially with so many good players in the mix now. With Bart, with with Bennett there, you got to be um, cognizant of people at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Ty Montgomery, whether he's lined up directly behind or Aaron Rodgers, doesn't matter. Slot, yeah, it doesn't matter. Going to be commanding a lot of attention. So I think that only helps a guy like that. And I think when you're trying to figure out ways to stop the Packers, it's it's difficult to pick one guy. Uh, Ty Montgomery last year started just six games. Lacey, remember, Eddie Lacey, remember, was the starter to start the year. Uh, and then Ty Montgomery kind of was, you know, in and out of the lineup, not really all that healthy because of that sickle cell trait that they discovered. So hopefully he gets that all sorted out. But 457 rushing yards. I mean, you look at the yards per carry, 5.9 yards per carry, eye-popping certainly. 348 receiving yards, 56 targets, 44 receptions there. Three touchdowns, all of them on the ground. Ty Montgomery, a giant question mark going into 2017, Marcus Grant. But what do you think will happen with Ty Mont? Uh, I mean, I think he's going to see, obviously, the bulk of the work in the backfield there. And I guess we can tie this into Walker Shaner. I asked if we think Ty Montgomery will be an RB1 this year. Um, I don't think he'll be a fantasy RB1 this year. Uh, you know, I just I, – I do have questions about whether or not over the course of 16 games, he can stand up to the workload that will be asked of him, especially when they've got a guy like Jamal Williams there who you know may not be the RB1 right away, but certainly can be that more of the between-the-tackles kind of power runner. Um, so I, you know, I think in a world where we are inundated with running back platoons and, and committees and that sort of thing, uh, you can look at Ty Montgomery as maybe being an RB2, a guy who will get a lot of the work there, but – I just I don't know that he's a guy you're going to see get 200 carries or 250 touches over the course of the season. I love this question from Bob Harris who asks, are we getting too far in front of the whole Jamal Williams thing? Thoughts on Aaron Jones? Uh, Alex Gelhar, you know, obviously you're very tapped in uh, to, you know, all the beat writers and stuff that uh, that write about the Packers. What are they saying about that backfield? I mean, everything right now is about Ty Montgomery is the leader in the clubhouse and the team is doing everything they can to to set him up to be that leader. He's been working with former Packer Brandon Jackson on his pass blocking, which was a weakness of his game last year. And if he irons that out, it's going to be hard for him to come off the field on those third downs. He's a converted wide receiver. He's a great pass catcher. The guy is built like we've seen him. He's, He's muscular. He's built more like a running back than a wide receiver, honestly. And he was he was good between the tackles last year. I really yeah. honestly think he can handle the full time workload. I think they'd rather have him. I think Aaron Jones is going to be a great compliment. It reminds me of what they did years ago, and I know other people have made this comparison when they got Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin, mm. and we're mixing them both in. That's kind of what they got with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. I would love them to love to see them use Aaron Jones and more pass pass catching options and different packages because they've honestly never had a back like that that has sustained on the team a good scat you know, crazy good back in the open space. But that's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to rely on him in a fantasy sense. I think Ty Montgomery is the back to own unless something happens here. And I, J- I think he's he's got a really high ceiling. Does the specter of Jamal Williams scare you off at all? I'm not super concerned. Uh, I mean, Neither. I think, you know, even in, even in Eddie Lacy's heyday when he was still crushing it for them, they were giving James Starks the ball plenty of times in those years. And so even if... You know, Jamal Williams approaches 100 carries and the line share go to Ty Montgomery. You'll take this, that all this is a high-scoring offense. They ran the ball 38 times last year to backs in the red zone alone, and Ty Montgomery only had 12 of those. Hmm. So if you say, you know, if suddenly he's getting 24 of those instead of Lacey getting 10 before he got injured and stuff, all of a sudden we're looking at we're looking at a back with a high-scoring potential that's going to catch point. a lot of passes in a high-powered offense. It's a great situation. The Lions at 9-7 and seven last year. Marvin Jones came out the gates on fire, finished the year with 930 yards on 103 targets, just 55 receptions, so not a great catch rate. But how about this? 482 yards in his first four games, okay? 482 in his first four. He had 448 <laughs> the remaining 12 games. That's, uh, that's tough. Not great, Bob. Well, that's what happened. Everybody identified him as their number one receiver, and yeah. that's where the coverage rolled, and he was taken out of the game, which is why um, Golden Tate was able to establish himself as a somewhat uh, fantasy option down the stretch there. But that's the one thing about Marvin Jones is he's a good receiver, but when you when you try to make him a number one, he just doesn't – he's just not that guy. He's not Antonio Brown or Mike Evans or somebody like that. So when you are now – Drawing the coverage that was usually pulled away when you were playing opposite AJ Green. of AJ Green, right? 
Like, it's not going to work out for you. So that was too bad, and I would expect more of the same. Unless they find somebody else who's going to be their wide receiver, I think teams will attack him the same way and be like, let's take out Marvin Jones because he'll kill us if we don't. And then he seemed like kind of a monotone weapon as well, right? Like, he, he was constantly going deep downfield. Uh, and, and, again, you look at that catch rate, 55 receptions on 103 targets. I think that would lend itself to that. Yeah, they were trying to stretch the ball to him a lot. They were they were at least going after him, but he was covered a lot, especially at the end of the year. He was covered a lot, and it was just Stafford trying to get him involved, which was admirable because I still had him on a couple of teams. So I'm like, I really do appreciate <laughs> I that. appreciate like, that. Bro, don't <laughs> I, do it on my account. I could be mistaken here, but if I remember right, I've, I don't have my computer, so I can't look up the NGS stuff, but um, I'm pretty sure his downturn also coincided with a little bit of an offensive shift. Because he was so great in those first couple of weeks because they were chucking the ball deep to him more regularly. Yeah. And those those targets dried up as they shifted more towards that quick passing, shorter game. And that's where so much he wasn't able to be quite as useful or as dynamic. He was greater. You know, you think about that game against the Packers where he had 200 yards. He was getting targeted downfield left and right. right. But instead, if you're trading those in for five-yard passes instead... That's not Marvin Jones's game as much. So and that's, that's my big concern with any of the Lions receivers is that they are relying very heavily on yards after the catch. It's something that, that Golden Tate does pretty well. True. Uh, Marvin Jones maybe not so great at that, but it is. It's a situation where you know you have guys who are going to catch the ball three to five yards away from the line of scrimmage, and then in order for you to get big yardage totals, you need them to break a couple of tackles or just have missed tackles or what have you. And that's a tough way to live. I feel like they, the Lions' offensive approach, anyways, was similar to what the Dallas Cowboys were trying to do. They were using that short passing game and, and being very, you know, dink and dunk to kind of try to protect their defense, too, because their defense wasn't all that great. So to kind of keep them off the field, the offense was just grinding yards and grinding clock. And, and they being also able had to, no running game with Amir Abdullah injured, Dwayne zero. Washington injured, Theo Riddick not great going between the tackles, and them not giving the ball to Zach Zenner enough. Not giving you him enough. Oh, okay. Hey, when they when they fed him the ball down the stretch, he performed well. That's all right. All right. Uh, stop, well, stop trying to make Zenner happy. I'm not saying he's an elite <laughs> back. I'm just saying like they had an option there and they weren't using it as much as they could have. All right, let's stay with you, Wiz, and let's stay in that backfield. Amir Abdullah played just two games last year. Uh, Theo Riddick played in just ten games. 357 rush yards, 371 through the air. So obviously a great dual threat in Theo Riddick, as we know. Uh, break down the backfield for me in Detroit. Uh, this is a tough one to peg because obviously a big fan of Abdullah and we'd love to see him. He's not going to get the f- like a featured back workload because Theoretic is there and is going to steal some of the passing game work. So you kind of fall into this area where I was actually talking about this with uh, the great Rich Rebar on Twitter yesterday about how he was saying how it's kind of baffling right now that uh, Amir Abdullah's ADP is around RB20. Tevin Coleman's is there and uh, I forget who the other one was. Uh, Bilal Powell maybe. Because you can get backs that could have a similar slice of their offensive pie like Bilal Powell or uh, like Kenneth Dixon or Paul Perkins rounds later. And I can see that. I think I think the reason people might feel, be comfortable chasing Abdul a little higher is because his talent is so tantalizing. But sometimes we have to uh, distance ourselves from just pure talent evaluation in fantasy. It's right. certainly a factor, but so is opportunity. And I think he'll be a good value if you can get him in the right round. But I worry. What is the right round? I don't know, five, six, maybe, you know, seven, even if you can slide him back that far. Yeah. Um, I'd feel comfortable with him at seven. Yeah, five. This is a. It's a good. It's a good offense. It's a good offense. There's going to be scoring opportunities. You know, um, he's should be fully healthy. They wanted to treat him like more of a prominent. Have him give him a prominent role in the offense last year. Didn't come to fruition when he fell when he got injured. So, the the potential is certainly there, but it could also be a frustrating split backfield with Theo Riddick getting so many catches. Although rumor is he could move more into just almost like a slot receiver this year. So with Anquan Bolden gone, especially Matt Stafford was a top ten quarterback last year, forty three hundred yards approximately, twenty four touchdowns, ten interceptions. Uh, Marcus, your thoughts on Matt Matty Stafford going into twenty seventeen? I think he remains to be kind of a a lower tier uh, QB1 this year. I mean, I matchup based guy? Yeah, kind of a matchup based guy, but I mean, I think that the way the offense shakes out, and you know, Alex alluded to it, the way they went to kind of a shorter passing game, more accurate, high percentage throws, uh, that benefited Stafford. I mean, he looked good doing that, and, and you know, it's not the same offense we saw a couple years ago where you know Stafford's going to throw the ball, you know, 600, 700 times a year, and you know, get, a clo- and, and get around 5,000 yards, but because he's going to be more efficient, the interceptions, I think, will come down. The touchdowns will still be, you know, they may not be spectacular, but it'll be nice. Uh, and like I said, he's going to be that guy. He is that guy that Tony Romo was for so many years in the sense that you can wait until, you know, round 9, 10, 11, 
He's going to be there. He's going to give you solid, maybe not great, but solid week-to-week production. Okay. And at the end of the year, like I said, he'll, he'll end up as somewhere around the QB 8, 9, or 10. The may Vikings. I, may I say something? Please. About Stafford. Um, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Why is I Really, that? I love him. I I thought uh, during his rookie season. Is it because he, he goes up, with the, the backward flat brim? Is that why? That's, <laughs> I don't wear mine backward. Uh, he's the best. He's one of the best mic'd up quarterbacks. He's always good. But he had that mic'd up situation against the Browns where his shoulder was falling off and he's like, no, I can throw it. And he went in and almost died and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I really, I'm a huge fan football wise of Matt Stafford, but he sucks as a fan. <laughs> Absolutely sucks. What a setup. He had five touchdown passes the last five weeks of the season. Ooh. And that came in three games. Oh, you know, he had, he had one big game against uh, ah, the Rams. Yeah. He had four touchdowns against the Rams the week before he had three against the Eagles. He had another three touchdown game against the Packers. He had a three touchdown game against the Colts, which means there's too much variance. It's way up and right. down with that guy. He will murder your fantasy team because of that. And it's like it's not because he's a bad quarterback. And I know at the end of the season when you look at it and you're like, hey, he was the number season 10. Season long, yeah. Season long, he was number 10. And I listen, I enjoy him. I'm not knocking him as a quarterback. But as a fantasy option, I, I can never draft him. He, he reminds me, and I was going to say this too when Marcus said you could get him there. I was like, I don't feel good about having him. There's a lot of guys in that area that I'd rather take if I waited in on a quarterback. Because like you said, he's a good quarterback. He reminds me of Mark Brunel, like back in the day with the Jaguars. Like, great quarterback. But at the end of the year, you know, at the end of the year, he'd be around like QB 12 okay. or 14 in QB fantasy. 10, it seems then great. you'd look and you'd be like, you had 3,400 yards and like 24 touchdowns and like two games with 20 plus points. Like, mm. I'd honestly probably rather stream the position and play the matchups then then ride try and ride Matt Stafford every single week. I see. Yeah, or I'd take him for high scoring games and then stream other weeks. Well, I didn't get to week fifteen because of him. But uh <laughs> <laughs> ah, bitter. Bitter party 14, of one over here. Week fourteen against the Giants. Yeah. Two hundred and seventy three yards, no touchdowns, an interception. All right, so there you go. The amazing. Uh, <laughs> so much fun. So happy for that. The Vikings and even eight and eight last year Dalvin Cook was drafted by the Vikings it was an end of an era really Adrian Peterson uh, now off that team and it's Latavius Murray who they signed in the wow. offseason then drafted Dalvin Cook sorry about your luck Latavius La- La- Latavius ran for 788 rushing yards had 264 through the air 12 touchdowns 12 touchdowns for Latavius Murray behind that uh, massive <laughs> offensive line in Oakland 4.0 yards per carry the the offensive line in minnesota i don't know i mean their grade last year was obviously not great uh, but a lot of injuries befell that offensive line what do we make of the backfield there adam rank dalvin cook latavius murray dalvin cook's gonna be your number one guy okay and uh he's gonna be a stud i'm i i'm amazed that uh so many people are are not regarding him more highly i think that because the offensive line will be a little bit better and I know he had some off-the-field issues. You know, he like, got beat up during the combine, too, in terms of his metrics and all those things. I don't care about any of that. Okay. Because when you look at his metrics in pads, and uh, it's not sports science, but it's one of those – not spark, but one of those other ones where, like, when you measure him doing football moves in pads, he's off the charts. Right. He's, he's as fast as John Ross in pads as he is. I get you. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So, if I was drafting a team based on how well you'll do – in a superstars competition where you're running around in Under Armour. <laughs> and that, like, okay. you know what? I might not want him. Yeah, not drafting that dude there. Right. He's a straight-up football player. It yeah. reminds me so much of uh, Randy Moss. Like, nobody wanted Randy Moss. Like, oh, he's got off-field concerns, whatever. And then he came out and he destroyed everybody, including the Cowboys, um, in that first uh, that first season. So I think that I, – I think Dalvin Cook, man, he should be – Outside of Christian McCaffrey, he might be the number one rookie running back that I'm going at. Interesting. Okay. There you go. Ahead of Leonard Fournette from Adam Rank there. All right. We welcome in Daniel Stevenson and uh, our very own Catherine Chan-Smith joining in on Facebook Live. She's like a czar of social media. You better watch out, I do. I want to be a czar of something. That's such a cool title. You're the czar of Mark Ingram haterade. (laughs) 
I hate the NFC South. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you mean on pace? On pace. <laughs> what a what a jerk to ruin that joke to actually get to a thousand yards. He yeah. did. He he broke the curse. He's no longer on pace. What but, a what but a jerk. He he passed down the on pace moniker to Carlos Hyde. Okay. There Carlos that's... Hyde is the new on pace. He's the new on pace. All right. We'll go there. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, the wide receivers there from Minnesota. Kind of touched on them already. Yeah, a little bit. So I'll just give you the stats and we'll move on. But Stephon Diggs, 903 uh, yards, three touchdowns. He was your wide receiver, 43. So overall, a, a pretty disappointing season for Stephon Diggs. Uh, also considering the, the, the brilliance that he flashed against Green Bay. Well, he uh, suffered year. a groin injury in week four, which is the thing to remember. And he said this offseason that he was never the same after that. And I think you can kind of tell. And even perhaps, like, they switched coordinators when Norv Turner resigned, I think, after week eight. That's right. And Diggs went from doing a lot more downfield to having a lot more shorter routes. But that also could have been because of his injury and, like, not being able to get up to full speed as much down there to to win those routes deep. Something something to think about. But fully healthy, I mean, 13 games last year, he was just shy of 1,000 yards and just had kind of bad touchdown luck. He was on. You know, he's a – he was on positive. <laughs> yeah. He's a positive regression chance. So if he, you know, if he crosses the century mark and hits six or seven touchdowns instead, yeah. he's going to be a tremendous value in there. And I just want to throw out this kind of hot take. I could have saved it to the end for storylines we're forgetting. Ooh. Sam Bradford, yeah, streaming, was my, streaming quarterback week. That was one. my storyline to uh, place talk the, about. Place the Saints. There's some tough matchups with other quarterbacks. Okay, uh, playing the Saints. They're in Minnesota, so he's at home. Should be a positive game script. Score a bunch of touchdowns. Matt St- or Sam Bradford could push for a top twelve quarterback scoring Hello. in week you know, one. Wow! Go get it. And he always has that reputation for being a quarterback who's hurt all the time. Yeah. He started twenty nine games over the last two years. Okay. And, he's and last he's year failed to he reach got double digit murdered. Yeah. Behind that line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's failed to make double digit starts in the season once in his career. Like the Red Witch from Game of Thrones went over there and resurrected and, Sam Bradford. I think three times during the twenty sixteen <laughs> season. No, I love Sam. Bradford as a as a streamable quarterback. <clears throat> Week one though plays the Saints. He's at home. Words I was not expecting to hear today. I love Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. So if you're in a deeper league, ball. 12, 14 teams, your quarterback's had a crap matchup in Week one. Okay. Consider Sam Bradford. Adam Thielen uh, was one of the favorite targets of Sam Bradford. 967 receiving yards, five touchdowns. He was your wide receiver, 29. But we warn you always to not look at the season-long totals, you know, generally speaking. Because why? Adam Thielen had 202 yards and two touchdowns in Green Bay in Week 16. That's a huge, a huge chunk of his production coming in one week when generally most folks weren't playing against a a Green Bay defense that had just been absolutely uh, destroyed by injuries and lackluster play. But he started just 10 of those games. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he was a full-time starter. And maybe it was because Diggs was hurt. But, like, watching the Vikings, you're like, yeah, Thielen's better. Just by watching them. The chemistry between him him and Sam Sam Bradford. That's what I, I said. It could be what Diggs was hurt. It could be that he was hurt or whatever, but they're both good, though. I mean, the bottom line is you're getting Adam Thielen in. I mean, late, late in your draft, so you know the risk is minimal to say the least regarding Adam Thielen. And again, if if Sam Bradford's your guy going throughout the season, they have a you know a chemistry going, so why not? I like it. The Chicago Bears, three and thirteen. It's the hometown team of our very own Adam Rank, Jordan Howard was a rookie last year, and despite that rookie status, 13-13 on the ground. So, again, 1,300 yards rushing, nearly 300 yards receiving, 5.1 yards per carry, seven total touchdowns. He is universally regarded as a top-12 pick in this upcoming fantasy draft in 2017. But I will throw the question out to you, Adam Rank. Is he worth? Because you like Jordan Howell. Why are you you trying to trigger me? You... (laughs) Just come out with your hot takes. Just do your Todd Gurley. No, I'm not going to. Regression. Oh, come on. Jordan Howard. Webster's Dictionary defines (laughs) regression (laughs) as Jordan Howard. Just say it. Oh, my God. Todd Gurley. I'm just saying. Same thing, because there was one other rookie who who failed to live up to expectations. Is he worth a top ten pick? Yeah. Yes? Of course he is. Okay, tell me why. Because when you look at it, look, look at the numbers. Look at um, the numbers. There's not a lot of number one running backs out there. Okay. Somebody who's going to get 300 touches mm-hmm. in an offense with a head coach who loves to run the f- football, who wants to keep games close, 
who's on a team with its strength is in its front seven, which means True. you don't want Mike Glennon going out there and throwing it three times. You don't? It away. You don't. I mean, oh. I don't think that he will all the time, but I still think that you're going to try to establish the run. And one of the big differences between him and Todd Gurley is that his offense functions in 2017. Uh, and you look at some of the some of the I, I can't see. Are we numbers. certain that it's going to function? Yeah, why? Mike Glennon's the starting quarterback. Okay. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, we lost I mean, receiver. Is that, is that really any worse we than lost Matt, Matt Barkley? Barkley. <laughs> we lost the Hall of Famer Matt Barkley. <laughs> you, had, you had Brian Hoyer for several games last year too. Brian Hoyer and Cuddy. like two games. Like he's Ken Cutler. Yeah, so exactly it's the it's the same. But you look at it the, the offensive line. Yeah. Though even with injuries to It's their strength. To to Long yeah. and to Josh Sitton, they yeah. were still the eighth ranked rushing offensive line according to football outsiders. Uh, our friend Brad Evans was able to dig up some of these points uh, some of these these, these metrics. Uh, he was third in breakaway runs, 10th in yards after contact, 7th in yards after contact per game, 13th in yards per touch and tackles evaded. He was 6th overall. He's an actual running back. Yep, He's he not is. a converted wide receiver or anything like that. So I I feel wow. very taking shots at time. I'm not, I'm not taking. I, there wasn't a shot at anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's a running back, and that's his position, and it's been his position for a long ass time. And so I know it's. Wow, it's, you're heated. It's no. Again, I asked you. I'm with Adam Rank, though. I'm 100 percent with Adam Rank on this one. Okay. I know. I know, James. You had Jordan Howard as top of your like oh, yeah. players to avoid or oh, whatever yeah. this year. 100. Uh, which I am. I, I actually was considering writing a counterpoint. Uh, I like to it. Your article, which may happen. So keep you an know eye what? Out for that. I, I you guys should just do a point counterpoint yes. article together. Cause I you agree. Said you wanted to do yes. a Jordan Howard one. I have a much longer piece uh, ready to rock and roll. We should just. You should, I should just back. I and agree. Forth we'll it. just do. A, chop, I like that. Chop it up and yes. go at each other. But I think this is the anti-Jordan Howard side of the table. Then apparently. I think he's being overvalued right now. Yeah. I think we need to learn from the lessons of the Todd Gurley thing. Our friend Matt Harmon wrote a great article great focusing article. on, you know, the three things for um, at least top five backs um, were quarterback performance, scoring offense, and targets. Yeah. Howard really only checks one of those boxes coming into this next year, and that's targets. He's a great pa- – he's a good pass catcher. I think he got attributed with seven drops last year. Oh, brother. I went back and watched all of his targets. They they were not all on him. Brother, he's not a good receiver. He's a, he's a good receiver. He caught with his hands. He's he's pretty fluid. I, I went back and literally watched every t- pass target of his He had a brutal last drop year. against the Vikings. He had, he had a couple tough <laughs> but ones. But he's a rookie. Here's something to note uh, to be concerned about that I dug up on Next Gen Stats for an article that we'll publish on NFL.com later about running backs and bad offenses. But first, it's going to appear in a magazine to hit shelves later. Ooh. But – Per next-gen stats, Jordan Howard had one of the best yards per carry when facing seven or fewer men in the box. Yeah. It's 6.0, 6.1 yards per carry. Drops to three yards per carry when there's eight-plus men in the box. Interesting. So if teams start not respecting that passing game, yeah. led Why by Mike they? Glennon and Cameron Meredith and Kevin White. But he's still played, averaging Kevin White, over three yards per carry, which means on a stack. That's, on a stack you do run. that. Yeah, you do you that run more. that four times. That's the first time. <laughs> that's how it works. Obviously. Right, that's how it exactly works. how it works. So my point is, like, that so, was that was the <laughs> argument for Melvin Gordon, which I that was my argument. Like, I'm not and I'm not arguing here with Jordan Howard. I, look, here, let me like, let me let me just finish this this statement here. We, we look at things. So Howard was great last year, largely because he was so efficient with his touches, and he did create saying. a lot of yards for himself. He had his 5.3 yard per carry average. I was actually looking at some other stuff in next gen stats. Haven't digested it at all. But he had one of the biggest differences between yardage he ran before a defender was within one yard of him and then uh, yardage ran after a defender was with him. So he was creating for himself. Yeah. But the trouble is if boxes are getting stacked against him, he only scored six touchdowns last year, three of which came in one game, and it was that snowpocalypse against the 49ers where nobody wanted to throw the damn ball. Mm -hmm. So if the scoring opportunities stay the same or slide back a little bit, He's less efficient simply because the offense isn't as great, and there aren't they don't they're not scoring. Like all you're gonna have to bank on are his passing targets, and it's just that's a dicey proposition for me to sink a top ten pick in. I think he's still around a you know top ten to top twenty back for sure, but I don't want to take him in the first or second round. This nope. is all well and good, and this is all analysis that resides in a world where running backs are actually a living thing. <laughs> We don't live in that world anymore. Running backs are dead. They're dead now. They're, They're dead, dead now. And and I just think that regardless of how good or bad the offense is, and Alex, you I mean you wrote about not being scared of guys in a bad offense. This is a guy who's going to get 300 touches or close to this year, and that's something you just can't find anywhere anymore. I mean, literally three quarters of the league is is running a committee system, and so now Jordan Howard is a guy with with. Uh, 
with an opportunity with nobody really behind him because you know we all know that that uh, Jeremy Langford was laid the fantasy rest last year. Oh, um, poor Mike Clay. Mike Clay, what? man. Mike Clay. Low torches. Did. Mike Clay wrote the eulogy on him last year, <laughs> and so you know, and so it's a situation where I mean, we we I mean, we sat here we sat here the last couple of weeks and talked about how much Bilal Powell and or Matt Forte can be valuable on a Jets team that's going to be a abysmal sure. this year. So the Bears, who should be, in theory, a little bit better, why wouldn't you feel better about their one and only running back? Their one and only offensive option, really. For me, it's, it's, it's about relative value. Yeah, it's cost. The, I mean, this, this one and only option is going in the top 14 picks. That's right. Bilal if, Powell and Matt Forte aren't going to double-digit double digit rounds. Right. Even Bilal Powell, if he gets crazy drafted in the sixth round, like yeah. <laughs> I would <laughs> jump out of my seat, draft Jordan Howard, and slap everyone <laughs> in the face if he if was he available the, in the sixth well, round. Of course. His ADP is about 16, and he's the RB8. Yeah. that's. I, I think I have him ranked as my RB7, but okay, I, sure. I, right. I, I like Jordan Howard. I think he's a great player. I just don't want him at that cost. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, just to, to button up the, the, the Jordan Howard conversation, uh, we talk about him being uh, – I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate and I love the fact that you saw every single one of his targets, but the numbers, man, it, 50 targets last year, 29 receptions. That's a 58% catch rate. It's literally there were st- it, no, like no, but hold eight, on. It's, it's or literally of those, he couldn't even catch if he was eight feet tall. I understand what you're saying, but it's literally the worst catch rate of, of any qualified. Uh, running back in 2016. So it's only bad. His to seven. Go up. His seven. <laughs> he was so effective. He was so effective, and now it's going to go up because it's going to progress. Seven, and his seven drops too. I mean, by far, you realize the most was, drops. But he was a rookie. Okay. And he will be working on I, that part plus, of the game. The only way you get seven drops is if they trust you enough to throw you the ball that many times. Oh God. Here's the. <laughs> and then, and if you look into his past too, it's like, look, it's crazy when you look at the the, the scouting report on, on Jordan Howard. One of the major concerns was, well, this guy doesn't really know how to catch the ball. He did, didn't get a lot of targets out of the backfield at Indiana uh, and also the school he transferred from, which is eluding me Alabama, right now. Alabama, Birmingham. UAB. Out, yep, there you go. Uh, and I think that was one of his major concerns coming into the league, and we saw it play out in the numbers in 2016 as well. I I have serious reservations as to whether or not this guy's actually can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. I just don't, I don't well, buy it. That's a skill you can learn, though. I mean, it is a, it's a learnable, teachable skill. Catching the football is a sure. teachable skill. Get on the jugs machine, kids. All right, so there you go. So the Bears at 3-13. and 13. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey gone now. Cameron Meredith steps in to be their, I guess, their top target. 888 receptions, four touchdowns in 14 games for Cameron Meredith 2016. Big boomer bus guy, though. Double digits in, in terms of fantasy scoring. Seven of his 14 games but less than three fantasy points in five games. So big-time boomer bust guy. Uh, Adam Rink, where do you take a guy like Cameron Meredith in 2017? Uh, see, I had prepared for Jordan Howard. I, You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I know that we took him in our uh, – I'm trying to remember where I add him in our draft. Okay. Because I'm just basing it on where guys are going. I mean, he falls to the double-digit rounds because for the same reasons that everybody looks at that Bears offense and right. just thinks that they're straight Dukes and nobody wants a part of it. And everybody would rather make Ariel Poof jokes about Mike Glennon. And so, although there's a better comparison in our world, I'm not going to get into it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. No, I don't want to do it. Wait, okay. no, I'm debating. <laughs> no, 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 don't do it. No, don't want to do it. But um, no, he's falling into the double-digit rounds, and he, it, that's the thing that's always incredible to me. Is like, even though you might believe that that offense is dog feces. Mm-hmm. He is still a wide receiver one of an NFL team. You took him in round seven of our 12-team most recent mock. Oh, that's a 12-teamer. 12-teamer. He was your fourth wide receiver. I feel that's about right. That's a great spot. Wide receiver four, seventh round. Yeah, I dig that. The opportunities will present themselves. But I thought I saw his ADP go somewhere else. But I also will start reaching on dudes that I like. Sure. Because I'll see somebody. And do you like Cameron Meredith? I do, yeah. I, again, he's a wide receiver one, and I'm on, if he's going to be my wide receiver four and yeah. the number one option for the Bears, who I think that – and I, unfortunately, Glennon does not get a, a good rap for whatever reason. He got beat out by Jameis Winston, who's a good quarterback. The only person who really didn't like Jameis – or who didn't like Mike Glennon was Lovey Smith. 
The same guy who thought it was a good idea to start Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Colts. So, actually, if, if Lovey Smith doesn't like him, I love him. That's I'm, a good – all right? That's Boom. a check mark in his Oh, that's favor. good. Like, oh, I mean, Lovey Smith looked at you and didn't think you were a good quarterback? Sold. I'm old enough, I'm old enough to remember when Mike Glennon pushed Russell Wilson out of a college job. Boom. Oh, that's right. Chased him. Chased him to Wisconsin. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. And Cameron, that's, Cameron and, Meredith going in the 10th round of uh, fantasy football calculator yeah. drafts, 12 teams yeah. as well. That seems about right. Yeah. I, I reached for him. Right. Because we are all, well, we're also doing that too. We're, we're not using our own ratings. We're using the ratings of one other person. Yeah. And his are just so. You you know chalky. There is a printer like in the my, office. You like could print little... out your own rankings, and you could cross guys oh. off as they go. You know, old school like we used to do with magazines when you gather for the live I would, draft. I would do that before the internet and all these I'm millennials so and their apps and MFL tens and. <laughs> these millenn- you're a millennial. What are you talking about? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what? I'm immersed in letting people or helping people decide which NFL team they want to. Uh, oh. Want to want to be a fan of storyline? I am missing in the NFC North quickly around the horn. Alex Gelhar. You didn't talk about your boy that you just wrote a love I'm letter. I that, That's where I was going. Martellus <laughs> Bennett. James, tell us why should we be excited oh about Martellus Bennett? The, the bottom line is Martellus Bennett is a top ten fantasy quarterback. That's his <laughs> quarterback. Wow. Oh, sorry, sorry. Tight end. Wow, he's that good. He's that good. That's his. That's his floor. That is his floor. Right now we're seeing this guy go in the ninth or tenth round of, of, of a lot of drafts, right? Uh, maybe later. I think Michael Fabiano had him listed at like 124 or like 114 or something. Outside of his top 100, which is – that's just crazy talk. Martellus Bennett to me is a top 10 locked and loaded fantasy tight end that you're getting a little bit later in your draft. I actually have him ranked as my uh, tight end four, which I get is incredibly aggressive. I have him ranked ahead of Greg Olson, who I'm a little bit worried about his usage uh, in 2017, and I have him rated ahead of Tyler Eifert in 2017 as well, mostly because of injury concerns. But look, Marty B in that offense, man, oh my goodness. I, I really honestly feel like 800 yards and eight touchdowns is a is a fair conservative estimate for him. But if there's injuries to Jordy, if if Devontae Adams falls off, if Randall Cobb gets injured, if Ty Montgomery gets injured, all of those targets, to me at least, I think Marty B would be the beneficiary there. I, I really feel like he could get to 100 targets in 2017. I think he can – I honestly think he can get to 70 receptions and 1,000 yards if things break right for him. And he's got double-digit upside in terms of in, in terms of touchdowns as well. So, man, I, I tell you what, man, I, I am just through the moon. I'm so excited to see what Marty B does. In yeah, I, I love him there. I'm not quite as hyper on him as you just because Jordy is – the like the dominant red zone target there. I mean, he led the league in targets yep. inside the twenty and he inside did. the ten last year, as well as touchdowns in both spaces. Yep. Granted, that's not to say that some of those can't slide to the six foot six Martellus Bennett, but when it's crunch time, Rogers goes to who he trusts the most and yeah. has the brain meld with. But still, I think your yardage, you know, marker's right, and we've seen in the past tight ends when they get utilized as Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers want them to right. can put up great numbers. Like you alluded back to the Jermichael Finley years. He, I don't think he ever like even really played a full 16 games there, but he had like his best year was like what? Seven, 800 yards and eight touchdowns. But I mean, even if Marty right. B doesn't get that eight touchdowns, even if he gets five, like last year, 800 yards and five touchdowns was like the tight end six. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's, you can, I mean, you could put that in pen, permanent marker. That dude is going to be a top seven or eight tight end. And I think just in my opinion, I just, you know, breaking down those numbers. And again, you can find that on NFL.com slash co, uh, my Marty B love letter. But uh, I just think the upside is there for him to be a top three, a top two tight end. I mean, obviously, if Gronk stays healthy, forget about it. But if he doesn't stay healthy... I don't know. I mean, no, I feel like top two or top three is then you're really saying something because Martellus Bennett was the tight end seven last year. I mean, you know, he had a decent year, 700 yards. The seven touchdowns certainly helped a lot, but yeah. being the you know a top seven, top eight fantasy tight end isn't necessarily saying a lot. Yeah, I, I just but I look but at still, where, he's, where getting he's getting drafted. He's getting drafted as you know a, 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 tight, a tight end, end 10, ten, tight end you know twelve. I, mean? so, I think I have him just, as my tight end seven. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> no, not, not the tight end seven part. No, no, but the tight end going, Yeah, that, that, yeah that's yeah. silly. Don't make sense. <laughs> no, like t- I'd take him over Hunter Henry in a heartbeat. I'd take him over in a only, heartbeat. Only, only because in a well, only because Antonio Gates is still hanging around. Yes, he he's is. got some punch. <laughs> he's got some punches <laughs> left to throw. He's got a record left to break. Once he break, they'll break that in the first week. 
What, are, what does he need? Three? Of, who do they? Who do the Chargers play in week one? I don't know. He needs three. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Give me a storyline in the NFC North I'm missing. Uh, I mean, I guess I'd stay with Green Bay, and, uh, you know, will the real Devontae Adams stand up? Right. You know, is it going to be the right. guy from last year who mm-hmm. balled out? Is the guy from a couple years ago where, you know, he had drop issues and, and they you know weren't sure if they had faith in the guy? Um, you know, I know that we had our mock draft uh, about a week or so ago. Jake Seeley took him really early. Oh, my God. Wide receiver 12. Took him crazy Third early. round. Can't do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just – I'm really curious to see which Devontae Adams shows up. I, You know, I'm going to split the difference and feel like he's going to be somewhere in between what we've seen. Adam Rank, NFC storyline I'm missing. Now, we talked about it earlier. Sam Bradford, uh, much maligned quarterback. Really – Doing doing the series of why you should root for is what really drew me. Hmm. Sam Bradford. Because remember last year, really? people were uh, he was being touted as an MVP candidate for for some time uh, because as well as he played. And really now that the the, the Vikings look at him as their long term answer at the quarterback, like he is he is now their franchise. Their long their franchise. I mean, I don't know that that's I, accurate. I, mean, oh, yeah, that's I feel like he's a, I feel like he's a 2017 rental until Teddy Bridgewater no, no, comes no, no, back. No. no? no, no, no. He could go beyond because the te- the way Teddy co- Teddy's contract works out, but I don't think they're so assured. Right. In it. If I I really I think that they have their quarterback now. I think mm. that they're sold on him. I Man. think he's going to be their number one guy going forward. Again, okay. still much maligned. Poor yeah. Sam Bradford. What can he do? What can he do to help erase one season where he was injured? I mean, even though he gets beaten up a lot, but he makes his starts. He's out there. He's very efficient. He does he does throw a nice ball. Like there's there's a lot of this was a guy that people. Went number one a overall for a reason. That's right. Overall quarterback. And, oh, my gosh, St. Louis couldn't figure out a way to work with him. People wow. won't take Sam Bradford Fine seriously blow. until he shortens up those sleeves. All right? Like, I'm not trusting a quarterback. <laughs> not trusting <laughs> a quarterback with, like, mid, mid-range mid sleeves that go down to, like, his That's elbow, what makes you know? him a boss. That's so <laughs> old school. That's hipster. No, it is. It's they totally from, hipster. They went, he thinks they, he's Fran Tarkenton they now. They went, from, out they went from Teddy Two Gloves to Sammy Sleeves. I mean, like, literally. So great. I want to throw in one more storyline. Yeah, man. Eric. Ebron okay. is a great underrated tight end. If you want to find a guy to draft as the 12th, 13th, 14th tight end off the board, all right. Uh, Ebron's a guy. He's improved pretty much all of his statistics year over year except for touchdowns. Now uh, Anquan Bolden is out of the picture. I think he had close to 20 red zone targets last year. Whew. A lot of those could slide towards Ebron, who is a physical specimen, is a great presence in the red zone. He's like 6'5", 260. Specimen. Uh, so look look to Ebron. I mean, he's he's been slowly evolving. They picked up his fifth-year option. They yep. think he's finally, finally might be turning into the player they took instead of Odell Beckham, but oh. that's besides the point. Uh, Ebron is a good tight end value. All right, so there you go. NFL.com slash draft kit to find all of your uh, fantasy drafting needs. NFL.com slash draft kit. All right, let's close out the show with a round of daily daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily daps and hooks. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps and bow daps. All right, daily <laughs> dap time. We shall start with the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What uh, you got? Going to dap first and foremost, Better Call Saul, wrapped up its season on Monday. It's a phenomenal show. Hasn't been picked up yet. I really hope it is. I encourage everybody to go watch it. Go catch up. Tweet about it. Are they really thinking about not picking it? Well, they haven't renewed it yet. They probably will. But seems. Um, it's one of their highest. It's the ratings aren't amazing. It's one of their highest rated non-zombie shows. But uh, <laughs> non-zombie <laughs> show. But the thing is, it's just phenomenal storytelling, and I'd right. love to see it continue. So daily daps to them. Also, daily daps to the band uh, Polyphia. Uh, P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-A. I I found them via Spotify Discover Weekly and on the mobile app. I'm trying to find their information, but they are a guitar-bending instrumental group from Texas. Uh, Really great stuff to listen to if you're grinding or working and need, you know, need kind of upbeat, motivational music. Like, I I love to listen to that kind of stuff when I'm writing that doesn't have lyrics because otherwise I'll get distracted in the lyrics, humming along or thinking about whatever. So uh, look them up on Spotify. They're great. They, okay. had, a, they had a lot of good songs, really ta- really talented musicians. Um, and I think that's all I've got to dap. So we'll – oh, and last room, real quick. Um, got a new game over the weekend to play with some buddies called the Players Unknown, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's a first-person shooter – well, like third-person shooter. But how it does is it takes 100 people and it drops you onto an island. Like you just – you jump out of a plane over this island. You parachute down. You don't start with any weapons, any armor, any anything. So you what? run, and the map, cha- the weapon spawns change every time. But so you're running through buildings, trying to find guns, trying to find armor, running into people, killing them. But then what's great is the map, so you don't just camp and turns into an eight-hour camp fest. 
the map shrinks every couple minutes. And if you're outside the zone, you slowly die. Wow. So it forces you all into the middle at the end, into this big firefight with whoever's left. How it's, long does that gameplay take? It can take anywhere from, you know, 30 seconds if you die right away. Yeah, yeah. To, like, 30 minutes, maybe. That's amazing. It's it's a super fun idea. It's it's adrenaline pumping when you get down there. It's yeah. fun because you're finding different weapons. You're in different parts of the map from depending <laughs> on where the plane drops you off. Okay. It's really cool. It's like 30 bucks on Steam, so I'd go check it out. <laughs> That's like the video game version of Catching Fire, right? Yeah, of, like, Hunger Games Hunger or Games. Uh, Battle Royale, <laughs> stuff like that. You just put a bunch of people on an island. They go find their weapons, and you go okay. to town. It's, it's fun. It's very fun. I like it. Adam Rank, hit me. I'm going to daily dap Amtrak. Amtrak? Yeah. On, uh, I love Amtrak. Okay. Wednesday, I missed uh, the last podcast because yes. we took the train. Okay. Uh, there's a train station right in the parking lot of Angel Stadium. Took it down to San Diego. Okay. Went down, watched the Padres in the afternoon play okay. the Cincinnati Reds. They beat them. Uh, and they were so nice. They got they got done with their game early. It was a 1240 <laughs> game, and it ended at like 3. So we had time to walk back for the 3:40 train. Took it back up to Anaheim. Went in, watched the Angels. You did the double Angels. dip. We did a double header. Wow. You know, MLB doesn't want to give us uh, don't want doesn't want to give us those uh, double headers anymore. Actually, there have actually been a couple of them this year, which is sort of odd because of the rain or yeah, things rain delays, like that. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. So I really appreciated that, and it's something that's uh, underrated, especially for people who live out in California, where we don't take any sort of mass transit no. ever. Right. Uh, it's very rare. It's so nice just to not have to worry about anything, and you're just like, boop, boop, you know, and it's no big deal. We had the baby on the train, and she was fine, and Great. everything was copacetic, so I really appreciate it. And also, um, there was a nice man uh, who was working one of the sections at Petco Park. Okay. And uh, he a lot, because, like, they have a cool, like, standing room only area behind home plate. I mean, it's up, so you're kind of, there's an overhang, uh, so you miss a little bit. Um, but it's a nice shaded area. And, of course, we can't have the baby out in the sun the whole time because there's four of us. So the wife, actually, uh, her uncle was sitting there, was able to hold him. The guy actually was like, it was the last row. And normally there's sticklers and won't let anybody sit there. But Greg with two Gs, who works the section behind home plate at Petco uh, Petco Park. Hooked it up. Let my uh, brother-in-law and uh, my daughter sit in the shade. That's great. It was really cool. So she that didn't get really sunburned. Cool. Thanks. Good. One person. That's all it takes. To do something nice. So if you get an opportunity, Atta, if you live in California, or if, if you live in New York where there's two stadiums close, I think you could probably pull this off. See, but it's it's cool because in Southern California, the Angels and Dodgers are always out of town yeah. at different times. So they're, they're rarely, if ever, home at the same time. Which also, who the fun. hell wants to sit in that traffic? Yeah, who wants yeah. Jeez. Also, I think I've heard of people pulling it off between Wrigley and Miller Park. Because okay. they're about, uh, they're that's about that's a ninety minute, I've always wanted a ninety do, minute actually. drive apart. If it, lo- I don't, I think there's a decent like bus that can take you up there, or there might even be a train. Which, there, so no, I, there is a train. I've taken the train. I've always wanted to do that, but my fear is I'd go to Wrigley and then you know kind of enjoy too much of the afternoon and not be safe to drive <laughs> that, a car. That danger could happen at either park. <laughs> you, you go to one, or like, whoa! It's all of a sudden five o'clock. And <laughs> it is called Miller Park. <laughs> yes. Oh, what about and what about uh, Derek Carr? I know it doesn't have a huge fantasy impact, but he got right. his long term. Con- I think it kind of does. It, it's Wait, nice has, to have is that is that official? Uh, it's close. He it's close. tweeted that it is not done, but close. I see. Oh, I'm sorry. It's trending. It's trending. That's so right. I thought it was fair game. Plus, the the last – you know who the sure. last quarterback to lead the, the Raiders in passing prior to Derek Carr was? Hmm. The Wait, the last quarterback Cannon. to lead the Ra- – yeah. Be, the Raiders are not in the league, but, like, who is the Raiders' number one – who was the Raiders' quarterback before Derek Carr? Oh. Uh, was oh, wait. It, uh, you mean, like, their starter? Their starter co- starting Ooh. quarterback. Is it uh, Jason uh, – Jason Campbell? McLean. Jason Campbell? He's currently a wide receiver in the NFL. Terrell, Terrell Pryor. Pryor. Terrell really? Pryor. That's right. Wow. That is correct. He was their starting quarterback in whatever it was, 2013. Is that right? Amazing. And then Derek Carr took over. Okay. So there you go. I'll give a daily dap out. I got two of them. Uh, one of them is the Ryan O'Callaghan story. If you're a football fan, I, I'm sure you've probably seen this already, but uh, Ryan Callahan, O'Callaghan rather, a former uh, Cal player. He's an offensive lineman. He played for the Patriots and the Chiefs. Um, it's a great story that he wrote. He basically came out um, as gay uh, relatively recently here, and he wrote about his experience and his journey uh, through coming out. But it's an emotional piece. But basically the, 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 the crux of it is uh, he used football to kind of hide his sexuality 
and he made an, a, a pact with himself that once he was done playing football at whatever level that was going to be, if it was high school, college, NFL, as soon as he was done playing football, he was going to kill himself because he did not want to come out or he thought that coming out would be too painful for his family or whatever it might be. So, um, But he, he got some counseling, um, a really great backstory with Scott Pioli as well. Uh, but, yeah, definitely go give that uh, a read if you haven't already. Uh, it's a great story. Which, uh, sidebar, daps to the Players' Tribune. Like, that was something I think some people scoffed at when it was first coming out, but they've had some really, really tremendous stuff on there, and it's cool getting that unfiltered well, I think perspective he, from the players. Yeah, that's true, but this one came out on OutSports. Oh, it was OutSports. Okay, so right. OutSports.com. I forgot. I haven't read it yet. It's bookmarked for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Players' Tribune may have Through retweeted pocket? it or, great, or yeah. whatever. Through Pocket. Yeah. Have you used it, Rank, by the way? Yeah. It's great, isn't it? I have it? a lot of stories there. Okay. Yeah, let's dab Pocket. Okay. <laughs> the app, for the second time. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've dapped it back in the past, but yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah, use yeah. it literally all the time. I have it synced on my, <clears throat> kin, my Kindle now, so when I'm at home cooking or reading or whatever, I do it there. I got Rank and their coworker Andy Fenelon on it as well. So. There you go. Uh, that's a little bit of a downer, but uh, it has, a, does have a good ending. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good ending. It's an uplifting story. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I will leave you with uh, something else as well. Uh, go to Twitter and, and – Enter in the hashtag Logomania. Um, the, there's a minor league logo competition, minor league baseball logo competition happening right now. It's a hashtag, you said? Yes, hashtag Logomania. And you get, and what you get are some, I mean, just terrific ball caps. Minor league baseball hats are the best. Oh, my God. They're so good. That would be a great hipster collection. These are some great ones. And, uh, by the way, special shout-out to Matt Franchise, uh, who I think lived around Binghamton. Yes. He always talks he about to, the Rumble Ponies. To, I believe he went to school at Binghamton. Yeah, the Rumble Ponies. Yes. So uh, they, they've got some great names, and I wish some of these names would translate into pro- actual professional sports. But oh uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, I like. Uh, the 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 Clearwater Threshers. The Richmond Flying Squirrels. Yes. Give me some of that. There's the Hillsborough Hops, as in beer hops. That's pretty yeah, good. Buddy. That's, that's not mascot. The Carolina Mudcat, Mudcats. The Mudcats have, have that's a classic one. I like it. That's a classic. I like it a lot. But the Bloxy so, Shuckers. Oh, dude, there's so many good ones, man. Anyways, go check it out. Um, the Area 51s. And the nice. Area 51s, the Albuquerque Isotopes, uh, as made famous by the Simpsons, which is good. Uh, but, yeah, no, look, there's some great ones out there, but I- I'm telling you, man, if you enjoy hats – if you enjoy logos or whatever, great sports names. Hashtag Logomania. I actually have it I, on my Twitter account. I wish hats fit my head because this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was looking for a snap. Oh, my God. By the way, sh- uh, Shuck Nation and uh, Shrimp Nation are coming after Clip Nation here, James. Why These are hashtags. They doing- well, just because they, they're hashtags. They're getting uh, on your Clip Nation. Yeah, that's true. We, 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 need to, we need to put a moratorium on nations now. Okay. There's one. There's too like many. That's, uh, the Sar- Nation's the only. Raider I'll just say this. The Syracuse, the Syracuse Chiefs, their logo, I don't know how they did not advance. Their logo is so sweet. I've I need been, to look at this whole I'm packet. desperately trying to find a Syracuse Chiefs snapback, and aren't I they, can't find it. Aren't they New Era hats? No, no, they do, but they're fitted only. They're, they have the fitted flat brim. See, I live that snapback flat brim life. Well, because you have hair, so it's not fair. Okay. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but go check that back. out on Twitter. You can find I, I've, I've, I've linked to it. Oh, my God. Team. This is fascinating. It's so good. Contact the you. team. They'll be able to. Um... The Montgomery Biscuits? Yeah, the yeah Biscuits. Dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, again, hashtag Logomania or find me on Twitter at James D. Coe. Uh, and I've tweeted about it. This is okay. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Yes, please. I don't want to. The Hillsboro Hops. What? When you're looking at this logo, yes, you have to go to some <laughs> stupid ass gastro pub and wear this because it just seems so appropriate. <laughs> or tap houses, tap I guess houses. is what they're called now. Because I listen, I hang out uh, one all the time. Yes, I'm buying one. I'm gonna get one of these Hillsboro Hops hat. Thank you. I do love the Inland Empire 66ers, but I don't think they're in this. I might have to get one of the California ones if there's not Dude, like a Wisconsin I'm one. I'm telling you, man. Here. Some of these are good. I'm, I, I'm, I actually, there's joy in my heart right now because I have inspired these two fine gentlemen next to me to buy minor league baseball. Wait, where is Hillsboro? I don't know. I really Oh, honestly, it's Illinois. Okay. No, it's Oregon. I don't know. Of course they would have. Now it makes sense. I, it all makes Total sense. Total 
right? And of course, yes. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, I was going to make an, a. If different you go to the here, team but, uh, websites, though, you can probably bypass. No, I've tried to do it all. Doesn't work. Call them. Can't find my snapback flat brim. Uh, anyways, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, close us out, man. Uh, real quick, yeah, I, I wanted to piggyback on uh, on Gelhar said about the about better, better Call Saul, which has been fantastic. Um, also, just the daily dap to dads because it was Father's Day. Uh, oh, the past weekend. So excellent choice. Two of the people in this room are fathers. So uh, happy belated Father's Day to the two of you. Oh, thank, thank you, man. You. Appreciate uh, it. You know, I I, I talked to my pa on Sunday. So uh, happy Father's Day to him as well. So, okay, uh, yeah, there you go. Patrick Claybon, by the way, a uh, friend of the show, friend of the Stronghold, celebrating his first yep. Father's Day. And uh, that was not too far long ago for me. So I remember what a special day it was. Congratulations to him as well. All right, so that is your show, the NFL Fantasy Life podcast. Like, subscribe, review it today. For Alex Gelhar, the Wizkid from Wisconsin, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, and the Fantasy Maverick, Adam Rankin, James that Snow. Back right there. Will you stop? That's for the hops. It's I'm not for the Syracuse Chiefs. Snappers hat. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.